Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. I'm your host, Anirudh Singh. I'm joined today by Sarah Hammer and Samir Gupta. Sarah is a Managing Director of the Stevens Center for Innovation in Finance at Wharton and Senior Director of the Harris Alternative Investments Program at Wharton. She's also an Adjunct Professor of Law at the University of Pennsylvania. Samir is Head of Data for Point72 Asset Management and for the New York Mets, and has received his MBA from Harvard Business School. Sarah and Samir joined the podcast to discuss the launch of the Cypher Accelerator, a three-month accelerator program dedicated to supporting blockchain and crypto companies. Cypher's advisory board includes Mark Cuban, Tim Draper, former CFTC chair Christian Carlo, and partners from Andreessen Horowitz, Bessemer Venture Partners, Bain Capital, QED Investors, Union Square Ventures, Samir Gupta from Point72, and Pantera Capital. Please note that nothing in this episode should be considered investment advice, and all views shared are personal views of their respective speakers. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Samir. Uh, Thank you both for joining us on this very special episode today. Uh, Excited to get to talk to both of you. How are you guys doing? Let's start with you, Sarah. Doing great. Thank you so much for having us today. It's really exciting to be here. Yeah, of course. Uh, Samir? Absolutely. Uh, nice to be here. Thanks for having us over and looking forward to it. Yeah, so am I. Uh, so let's jump right into it. And maybe we can start with both of your backgrounds uh, and just talking a little bit about how you got involved with the fintech space overall. And Sarah, I'll start with you on this one again. Great. Well, thanks again for having us today. I'm really excited to have the chance to be here with my friend Samir and to talk about what we're working on at Wharton. I am the Managing Director of the Stevens Center for Innovation and Finance at Wharton. And our focus, as you know, is financial technology and blockchain. And as part of that, we are in the process of launching a blockchain accelerator called Cypher Accelerator, which we're very excited to talk about today. I also lead the Harris Alternative Investments Program, which is our private equity venture capital program at Wharton. And I uh, teach financial regulation at the University of Pennsylvania Law School. And I'm a proud alum of Penn and spent my career in investment management and at U.S. Treasury before coming back to Wharton. So it's just really a pleasure to be here to talk about all the things that we're doing. So much to touch on just from uh, that brief introduction that we'll get into in a second. But first, Samir, same question, if you could just introduce yourself uh, to our guests. Sure. Uh, thanks again, Anirodha. Uh, so excited to be here. I am the head of data solutions for Point72 and the New York Maths. It's a, it's a very odd combination, and I'll go uh, into it a little bit of how that happened. But I've predominantly grown up in the fintech space with stints at J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, New York Stock Exchange, a startup that's very fond um, that I'm very fond of, and then uh, obviously Point72. And, you know, as the head of data solutions, I'm basically responsible for uh, creating end-to-end solutions and data and analytics for all of Point72 businesses, as well as the Mets. And I I mentioned about the Mets story. So it was late last year when uh, the business that I was part of uh, was getting restructured and I was almost ready to pack my bags. And uh, Point72 comes back to me and basically says, we want you to stay and you're going to be the head of data solutions. You're going to help all our businesses think about their data needs holistically. And oh, by the way, there will be this small little thing on on New York Maths that we may need help with that you'll have to do. So what started out as almost like a McKinsey-like project where 
let's just go ahead and see what the current state of the union is and where they may need to be and will be done. And I do all of that, come up with a strategic plan and the management goes, wow, this look, plan looks pretty good and why don't you just go ahead and execute on it now? And so there I was trying to build a, a data engineering team and uh, creating a brand new platform for the maths in, in, in the cloud. And uh, it's very exciting to sort of share with everyone that as of last week, we came through on this very aggressive project and uh, we now have access to real-time data for game data for New York maths. And I just can't wait for the 22 regular season to start when all of this uh, will be in full action. That's amazing. You're actually the second guest I've had on recently, or I guess uh, the other episode will air after this one. But I had uh, Mecca Sonye from First Round Capital who worked with the Cleveland Indians to start his career. And I love baseball, so maybe I'm just biased in, in who I'm getting uh, on this show. But that I'm sure real-time data for, for a baseball team is going to be very valuable. Um, so that's really exciting. Samir, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your work at, at Point72. If you could just talk maybe a little bit about the types of companies you invest in, the, how you hope to provide the team with an advantage through your data or, and things like that. Sure. So, uh, you know, for our listeners, Point72 is, is basically a global hedge fund and we invest in public companies across the globe. We also have a rapidly growing venture capital business, which means we are also investing in private companies. So, you know, going back to the public business, we have two different flavors. We have our traditional long short business where you have portfolio managers and analysts who uh, study companies very deeply and, and then make investment decisions on whether they like a company or not. Uh, we also have a very sizable systematic or quantitative business. And uh, you use a lot of computer models to then create a, a basket of com- public companies. So those are two on the public side, on the, on the private side. As I mentioned, our venture capital business is growing rapidly. Uh, we focus on three areas uh, from fintech to enterprise to deep tech and uh, more recently crypto. So crypto is something that's definitely getting a lot of attention because of the sheer size. And you know, if I look at all these businesses, we are very reliant on data across all our businesses to, to analyze them and to ultimately make investment decisions. And I've been pretty fortunate that I have been able to lead teams across a variety of uh, areas in the the data lifecycle from buying a bunch of data, including alternative data, to data engineering, where you clean the data and then make it ready for use, uh, to actually building an entirely new data platform, like what I did for the Mets. I've done some similar stuff for Point72 as well. So just fascinating times, data is becoming more and more available, and uh, we're just trying to make sure that we have all the right tools to be able to harness that data. Amazing. Last question for you before we get into Cypher a little bit, Samir, uh, is just if you could expand a little bit on the types of crypto investments uh, that Point72 is looking at, or what excites you in crypto, uh, both from the hedge fund side and the, and the VC side. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, from the hedge fund side, I think, I think the the typical course would be to actually engage in crypto trading. So, you know, you're talking about buying uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or the futures or derivative products. We're watching that space closely. I think I think where there is public information on us having done something is actually on the private side. So, you know, we have invested in a couple of blockchain companies, 
And I think I think that's one of the views that the firm is forming, which is it's not just about trading uh, coins, but it's actually you know we recognize the enormous potential of the blockchain technology in general, which sort of is substantiated by the private side coming out with the the, the couple of investments in the past few weeks. I was talking with one of the investors in Axony actually earlier today, and that company is just focused on data sharing across financial services institutions through blockchain, uh, which I think was a much, maybe less sexy, but uh, more tangible use case for the technology. And I'm excited for more companies to start finding use cases like that. But without further delay, I feel like I've been burying the lead here a little bit. So I want to, Sarah, I want to kick it over to you. Uh, and I, you mentioned Cypher a little bit up front. Uh, I would love for you to introduce us to the accelerator and how you uh, managed to get that started. Yeah, thank you. So we are really excited to announce the launch of our Cypher Accelerator at the Stevens Center at Wharton. And uh, this is a blockchain accelerator that will find and accelerate some of the world's leading companies in the blockchain space. It's consistent with our mission of supporting the blockchain ecosystem. And then as part of Penn, we feel that in launching this process that we will bring opportunities to students and faculty, uh, both professional and research-related, by virtue of running the accelerator. So Cypher is amazing and unique, and I would add that the name Cypher and our custom logo are designed by Penn students, very talented students, who are actually minting custom non-fungible tokens based on our custom logo and have been engaged in a number of other really unique activities around the accelerator. And I am so lucky that I have a friend like Samir who is joining us and working on Cypher and a member of our board of advisors. Samir and I met years ago through a mutual friend and mentor and began a conversation around big data and machine learning and blockchain technology. And we just share an interest and belief in, as Samir mentioned, the technology and the potential applications, um, not only for crypto, but for the technology itself. So Cypher has been a great opportunity for us to work together. And along with Samir, we have an incredible board of advisors working with us on Cypher. That includes Mark Cuban and Tim Draper and partners from some of the world's leading venture capital firms like Andreessen Horowitz and Bessemer and Bain and QED, Union Square Ventures, and Pantera. So it's a, a really exciting venture, and we are now open for applications. We actually have had several companies apply already to the Accelerator, and we will be open for applications at least the end of November, and then we'll select um, an exclusive cohort of companies that will run through the Accelerator in February through early May of next year. And we have a great group of incredible corporate partners who are helping us put together workshops and mentoring and providing resources for those companies. So I think we feel like at Wharton, Cypher is really the intersection of a lot of our strengths at Wharton as a you know leading business school with our expertise in finance, our access to Penn Talent, our relationships, with folks like Samir and, and other companies around the world, it's just a great opportunity to launch some of these companies to provide great investment opportunities for our investment partners 
and to give Penn students and faculty a real leg up in the space. So we're really, really excited about it. I am really excited about this opportunity as well. When you first approached me about the show, I was I was very excited to have you on. And then I saw your list of advisors and I was just blown away. It's really a, a who's who cast mm-hmm. there that, that you've managed to pull together. So that's that's really incredible. If I had a, a startup idea or if I had a, a budding startup and I wanted to apply to the program, uh, what, what should I know about the program? Right. So if you have a startup idea, we hope you will apply for Cypher. We believe that we will be the world's leading accelerator in the blockchain space and that we will offer not only access to our incredible advisors and folks like Smear, um, but also some of the resources that I mentioned that'll include things like cloud credits and expertise through our workshops. One thing that we are very focused on at Cypher is providing an accelerator experience that's unique to the crypto space. So, you know, there are many excellent accelerators out there. And for many founders, there are good opportunities. But our accelerator is focused on blockchain. And so we are bringing together to bear the resources in the blockchain space that we feel are world class. And so that includes not only advisors like Samir and our incredible board of advisors, but also um, expertise around what it means to be a blockchain or crypto company. So that could mean, you know, not only, for example, hiring or scaling your people at your startup, but how do you do that in the crypto space? How do you hire and scale a workforce if you're a blockchain company? What's different about it if you're crypto? One thing we've heard also is that the legal and regulatory side, the policy side of what is happening in crypto is crucial for those companies that are trying to scale. You know, potentially unlike other industries, crypto is such a fast-moving, evolving space. And as we all know, there's a lot of attention paid to it amongst the federal financial regulators these days, but a lot of uncertainty around what will happen. So we have we have people and we have resources around what's happening in policy and what it can mean for your company. And for me personally, that happens to be a sweet spot as thinking about regulation and how it will affect some of these companies. So those are the kinds of things we think about. We are focused exclusively on blockchain. We are scaling uh, blockchain and crypto companies, and we are providing expertise that's unique to that space and unique to the technology. And and we're really excited about it. We think it makes us different, and we're hoping that it appeals to founders who want to scale with an accelerator that's specifically focused on what their needs are. Amazing. And Samir, I'm going to kick it back to you for a second. I would love to hear how Sarah kind of approached you with this idea, how she'd sell you on it, and what role you're hoping to play with Cypher moving forward. Yeah, no, I I think, uh, as Sarah mentioned, uh, it was uh, almost like a serendipitous uh, meeting that I had with Sarah at Penn Club uh, over that dinner where she invited some, uh, a small group of uh, fintech executives and uh, we talked about AI, we talked about blockchain, we stayed in touch. And, and then when she did reach out to me earlier this year with this idea of uh, Cypher, I was just thrilled. And, you know, I've been dabbling in uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum through very small positions since 2017. So I've been following the space, but not really doing much. And, and, you know, I thought that this would be a great opportunity for me to really get involved in a more meaningful way. And uh, I just felt that 
I think what Sarah is doing is, is incredible. I think she's got the right resources. She is very well connected with the regulators who I think will be critical for us to bring together if you want to make progress, you know, especially around DeFi. So I think I think I think Sarah and the accelerator is in a very unique position. And I just felt that whatever value I can add here, I would love to be involved. So I just jumped at it. Can can I add run, one quick thing on that as as far as um the unique role that Samir has played? Samir has been involved and continues to be involved with Cypher on really all levels. And one thing that he did that was and is awesome is bringing us potential partners to collaborate on the work of the accelerator. And so one company that we were connected with by Samir is Polygon, which you may be familiar with. And they have been incredible partners with us in thinking about blockchain and thinking about protocol in educating our students. And I should mention, Cypher is not only an accelerator, but we're also running alongside it our blockchain laboratory activities, particularly through the fall. And what that means is that we're educating students and providing classes and workshops for them to learn blockchain development and to learn about the industry so that as the accelerator runs, students can potentially get jobs with those companies or intern with them or volunteer with them. And Polygon, who Samir brought to us, has been a strong partner in doing that. And we'll be running a series of workshops that are open to all of our students with Polygon. And we'll be working with other protocols as well. But that's just one example of um, the kind of expertise that Samir brings and, and really his genius in finding like people who would be great partners for us who are curious and supportive of the blockchain ecosystem and really believe in in what we're trying to do. Sarah, one more question for you on this is, you mentioned briefly a little bit about uh, naming Cypher and how the university helped you with that. I would love Mm -hmm. to hear why you, how you landed on the name Cypher and also um, what other ways the university has been helping you with getting this off the ground. Right, that's a great question. So I would say, First and foremost, I really want to emphasize that there's a whole team of people that are working to build Cypher, and Samir and our board of advisors are an integral part of that. We have a group of mentors who will be actively mentoring companies, and they have uh, all founder or C-suite experience, and so they will be experts in scaling these ventures And then a group of alumni supporters who are providing everything from networking to expertise. Um, And then students. So there are a number of student managers who are working with Cypher. And I have just been incredulous at their commitment and their talent and their intelligence and their creativity in this process. And so the name Cypher was suggested by some of the students. And I know that the name comes in part from, you know, some other concepts around Cypher. And I think, I think there was actually a superhero by the name of Cypher and and the name itself harkens to cryptography in some ways. So it's totally appropriate to what we're doing with the blockchain accelerator. And then, you know, we received permission from the university to use it. We created this custom logo. Um, The students are minting NFTs which I am sure are going to be valuable because they are custom and they will be rare, you know, and that's something that'll be offered to folks like Samir who are working with us at this early stage. And the students have done other really interesting things around Cypher 
that I just want to mention briefly. They created other custom non-fungible tokens for some of the students that were interested in our work. And one of the designs is called Ben on the Bench. And you may see it around campus, but this NFT was created for our opening reception this fall at the Stevens Center. And it was raffled off to students who participated in some of our events. And so my point is just that the creativity combined with the competence and the expertise coming from students, I think is really unique. Our hope and our belief is that Cypher Accelerator will be a brand that people in the blockchain space will recognize. And we're just really excited about it. We love the name. The logo is amazing. Check it out on our website and you will see NFTs around it. The students are on a Discord where we're discussing blockchain and crypto and Cypher and the Stevens Center. And so these are all just examples of how we're really adopting the decentralized nature of the space and bringing that to bear as we promote our work at Cypher. Speaking of NFTs, uh, during the last Wharton FinTech board meeting, uh, one of our members had the idea of NFTing some of these episodes. And I have no idea how to begin to to do that, but maybe maybe I'm talking to the right people here. If you know how I could start to do that, I would I would love to chat about that afterwards. I think it'd be really cool. And of course, we could we could make an NFT of this one and, and send it over to you guys. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear. And Samir, I'll start with you on this one. Where do you hope for this accelerator to go in the next three to four years? How do you envision it growing? You know, I think a good outcome. Potentially good outcome would be a buzzing ecosystem comprised of companies, comprised of capital providers, developers, regulators, other infrastructure partners, all working together and uh, almost through like a DAO-like fashion, you know, getting incentivized for the growth of this platform to build some really cool projects and things like that. I think, I think, uh, one of the differentiators might just be your relationships, you know, with regulators, the trust that you have with them and bringing them, you know, to the table as new companies get created and creating something, you know, where we're doing the right thing from all the perspectives, including regulators. And I think, I think that should lead to mainstream adoption. And the last point I would mention is the talent, talent pool that we will have access to. And again, I think, I think, you know, you know, blockchains, I think universities are introducing courses on blockchain, but I think this is different. You know, we don't want courses. We actually want people to come in and get a feel for it, right? It's it's not about like a theoretical exercise. It's about, can I actually get involved? You know, you know, either if I'm a computer science major, programming and solidity, and then, and then, and then learning solidity by actually working on a real project. So those are the things that I feel are unique to Cypher which I think should drive uh, a, a very strong competitive advantage over the next few years. Same question for you. I know you talked a little bit about developing the Cypher brand. Uh, if you could expand on that a little bit more. Yeah, so I agree 100% with what Samir said about uh, the community and working together. And that is absolutely something that we aim to see in Cypher over the short to medium to long term. And, you know, as part of that, just to expound on an aspect of it, one thing that we learned as we studied other accelerators, and by the way, we studied a number of accelerators to really dig deep into what they do and identify what the core competencies are and to think about how we would distinguish ourselves as a brand 
from those other accelerators. Um, one thing that is key is the cohort of people that are working together. And so, you know, you can have an accelerator and you can have great companies and you can have good workshops and you can have great mentors. But if the founders don't like to get to know each other, then they've missed out on a key element of the experience. And so one thing we want to do is have a cohort and have a number of cohorts where the founders are seeing each other as a resource over the long term and potentially as business partners, um, but certainly as colleagues where they learn from and support each other. And we learned that that's just really a key element of being an accelerator. You know, over the next couple of years, my hope would be that that is a major accomplishment of the accelerator that, as Samir said, there's really a community of folks in this space and that we at Wharton and at Cypher are continuing to support it. And so when you graduate from Cypher Accelerator, you are branded, you know, Cypher Wharton Accelerated, and that means something. And that's a cohort of people that will have that in common for life. So I think that is one of the major goals of the Accelerator. Amazing. I I was talking with a founder a few months back, uh, and he was looking to build like a cross-border payments company um, using USDC as like the the means of transferring money over specifically for freelancers. And he ended up putting a pin in the project uh, because of regulatory concerns. And I feel like, I feel like this, that's a perfect example of someone that could have used uh, an accelerator like this and kind of your connections and your understanding of the regulation. So I'm sure there'll be high demand for this product. Next question, uh, Sarah, we'll start with you on this one. And this is a little bit of a selfish question because I get asked this a lot and I don't always have a great answer. So the question is, what particular crypto or blockchain use cases are you most excited about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And there are so many uh, exciting use cases for crypto and blockchain. You know, I my background is financial regulation, financial infrastructure. And I started my career after graduating from Wharton as a derivatives trader, a credit default swap trader. and for those of us who've been in the industry for a while, and I'm sure Samir knows this, there was a huge transition in the space around going from trading an instrument that was largely unregulated, where there wasn't a lot of central data and the infrastructure wasn't very good to being centrally cleared and settled. And after the great financial crisis, we sort of looked back and said, okay, these are some things that worked and these are some things that didn't work. And we put in place requirements for things like central clearing and trading. And, you know, that really opened, I think, our eyes to what the infrastructure or the plumbing of the financial system looks like. Having worked directly in that, I am very excited about the potential applications of blockchain to that infrastructure, whether it's clearing and settling or payments or something else related to the plumbing of the financial system, that's kind of the part of the system that's not immediately exciting to a lot of people. And yet the way you, for example, make a payment on Venmo or the way someone sends money overseas to their family, um, these are the crucial components of our financial system that have to work well, and they don't work well. I think we all who are interested in fintech and blockchain know that. And I think that crypto and blockchain provide great opportunity and technology to make that process work better. And I get excited not only about that infrastructure component, but also about the financial inclusion aspect of it. 
you know, there are just so many people who are left out of the financial system and we don't talk about it a lot. I think we don't talk about it enough at Wharton, but for people who need to make a payment or who need to remit money to a family overseas, you know, the system as it is now is inadequate. And I think that crypto has great opportunity in that space. And we've, you know, we see it in Africa. Um, we, we're seeing it in South America. I would love to have us explore more of those applications. I guess the other thing I would mention is I am very excited about NFTs. You know, there's a lot of, we'll probably discuss this more. There's a lot of discussion around NFTs and there's some more potentially commercial applications of NFTs, but the idea of having provenance and immutability in an NFT, I think has many useful applications ranging from not only art and music, but also to healthcare, for example. And so I I hope that we see some companies in that space as well. I loved your answer. In particular, I loved the cross-border payments portion of it. And Samir, I saw you nodding vigorously along uh, during that part of the conversation as well. So I I assume you also uh, like that answer. Um, But same question to you, uh, your your favorite use cases for crypto and blockchain. Yeah, no, I think Sarah hit it on the head. And Sarah, maybe like, I'll just like take the baton uh, on NFTs because that's something that I'm definitely seeing. have a tailwind in, in like, you know, the big categories of use cases for blockchain, more so on the sports side, as I have been involved with the maths, you're seeing like all of the major sports leagues in the country really sort of think about, you know, what could their blockchain strategy be in terms of NFTs and, and, and things like that. So I think, I think while it's all a step in the right direction, and I think I, think I want to compare the two favorite use cases for me, NFTs and DeFi, I think DeFi relatively has more tailwinds because there is less regulatory concern with NFTs. I think I think it, there's still a lot of work to be done on the NFT front for mainstream adoption. And, you know, what I mean by that is, is how can I, as again, I, I think of myself as a lay user or my 12-year-old daughter, how could she own an NFT, buy an NFT, store it securely and safely, showcase it to her friends in a very seamless fashion across platforms, across real and virtual worlds, and then, you know, obviously be able to assess the value of it and then being able to exchange or trade it. So I said a lot of the the stuff in here. I think think the one thing that I want to focus on is is basically store it safely and securely. And... uh, it still makes me uncomfortable that to own an NFT, I have to have a self-custody wallet. And if my NFTs get too expensive in value, and if by any chance I misplace my private key, all of it is gone. I think I think we we are all under password pressures, like you know, so much to worry about. And uh, last thing you want to worry about is like your private keys for different addresses that you have. And I think I think I think that problem needs to be resolved. I still love the Coinbase hosted app because you know it's like it's very secure. But ultimately, the pass you know the passphrase is secured by them. And if I forgot, like there's ways for me to retrieve it. So I think I think you know I don't know if the answer to all of this is a hosted wallet, but you know. Hopefully some innovation will come, Sarah, through our platform where people will just make it easy for, for us to, to sort of, you know, own NFTs and, and, and use them. DeFi, I think, I think, you know, I think, Sarah, you mentioned a lot of DeFi use cases, including cross-border payments. 
And I think I think just by the nature of the beast, because there is explicit financial transactions, you know, regulators have to have to sort of make sure they're comfortable. And I think I think that's that's the big gap that I feel like we uh, Sarah at Cipher. And I think I think again, you can be uh, you know that person who brings everyone together to make sure that you know when companies do solve problems, they have the regulatory concerns top of mind and they build within that constraint and yet open up the opportunities like cross-border payments to people who may not have bank accounts and things like that. So I think I think those two are uh, like really like the big categories of use cases, a lot of innovation happening, a lot of progress happening, and yet a uh, lot of uh, work still to go. Speaking of sports NFTs, when Autograph launched, uh, I emailed that company and uh, specifically tried to get Tom Brady on the podcast. Uh, surprisingly enough, he hasn't responded. So, uh, you know, if you have any ins in the uh, sports NFT world, I, I think that'd be <laughs> a pretty cool episode. So maybe we can get him as an advisor. You know, he's already an evangelist. So he could yeah, be an we, advisor. We would uh, love to follow up on that with you. I, You know, there are folks in the NFT space and in crypto who you wouldn't, necessarily find in traditional finance. And I think it's interesting, not only because of the celebrity component, but also because you see the intersection of finance with the technology with something else, whether it's sports or art or music. And that is, I think that's really cool. I think that's a a thing that the technology brings to the table that other types of technology don't. And so whether it's you know, Tom Brady or like Snoop Dogg or, you know, someone else of that caliber. That's, those are the folks that I, th- I think it's great to have them involved and to have them be evangelists of the technology. Well, that's pretty much all the major questions I had for you guys. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about uh, before we get into the rapid fire round of our conversation? The only thing I was going to mention is that the rapid fire question on Ethereum and Solana, I think I'll give that question to Samir <laughs> if he wants to take it. Uh, are we ready? Are, are we already in the rapid fire round? No. Oh, well, let, let's kick it off right now. Uh, why not? So we hope to get answers yeah. here in 10-ish seconds, but uh, uh, you know, just do your best with that. The first question was, uh, better investment right now, uh, Ethereum or Solana? Ethereum. Why? Network effects are already reaching escape velocity. Got it. Sarah, next question for you, although we might already have the answer for this one based off the mm-hmm. content of the episode. Are NFTs overhyped or appropriately hyped? I think appropriately hyped. And, you know, I attended a conference at Christie's the other day on NFTs. And the key thing being the technology combines with the question of what is beautiful. And I think you can ask that question in the traditional art world and you can ask it with NFTs as well. But NFTs bring to the table unique components through the technology that are valuable. And so I, I think it's a very exciting space. Love it. Samir, for you, what's the best resource that you've seen to ramp up crypto knowledge if you're a crypto newcomer? Get your skin in the game. So buy Ethereum or Bitcoin or buy uh, your own domain name uh, on the Ethereum naming service. Sarah, for you, uh, feel free to have a shameless plug on this one. Uh, What's the best class at Wharton? (laughs) The best class at Wharton is to do a custom uh, independent project with us at the Stevens Center for which you receive credit in the finance department and have the opportunity to work with us on fintech and blockchain 
and with a company that's a leader in the space. So you can design your own class by working with us at the Stevens Center. Really gave you a softball with that one. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Last question. Uh, Samira, we'll start with you. Feel free to take longer on this one. What excites you most about Cypher? I think it's the first mover advantage uh, with a very differentiated set of uh, people, resources, platform. I think that will that will uh, be a unique thing. And I think I think Sarah's leadership, uh, which is uh, just a very, very highly disciplined and focused on execution. So I think we just have the right pilot in the cockpit uh, here. I would say that right back to Samir. It, what excites me most about Cypher is the chance to work with him and with others like him and our incredible team of accelerator managers and our advisors and alums and mentors. It's a super high powered, high octane group that really cares about the space, creative, fun, disciplined, and intelligent. And I I think that anybody who wants to be in the blockchain ecosystem will want to be involved with what we're doing. And I'm just really excited to see about where it goes excited as well. And I think that's that's probably the perfect place to wrap it up uh, for today's conversation. Uh, but thank you both so much for coming on the show, uh, for talking about Cypher, for talking about Point72, and just allowing me to pick your brain about crypto and blockchain. Uh, it was really a pleasure. I'll definitely watch out for more announcements from Cypher. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And thanks for the chance to be here. And Samir, thank you so much for doing this. He's such a great partner. I'm just proud to be here. Thank you, Anirudh for making it happen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review or letting us know in the comments. It means a lot and helps spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our FinTech community, please subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Medium, and Twitter at Wharton FinTech. There you will find interviews, articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. I would also like to thank our editor, Raphael Austria, for his incredible work on our episodes. Signing off, I'm your host, Anirudh Singh.